Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the start of something new, a DCOM podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me, as always, is my co-host, who is very much ready to run. Kate. And this is the podcast in which we review every single Disney Channel original movie in chronological order, all the way from Under Wraps to Zombies 3. And this is episode 19, in which we will be discussing, the, from the year 2000, the Disney Channel original movie, Ready to Run. But before we do that, Kate, how have you been since our last recording? It's actually only been a few days because we did the bonus episode. Yes, we did the bonus episode um, just on Monday is when we recorded that. And today is Wednesday as we're recording right now. So my Tuesday was okay. I'm in an accelerated Spanish class and we've only been in it like two days and it's already like super hard for me because my only experience with foreign language is two years of high school French. And most of the people in my class took at least like a couple years of high school Spanish and so I'm getting through that. But luckily, I'm taking the course pass-fail, so I just got to, like, not fail it. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, before that, I took my first, like, post... I don't want to say post-COVID, because I definitely know COVID is still very much impacting the world. But first, like, I kind of feel safe traveling and not, like, spreading stuff to other people, being vaccinated uh, trip to Hawaii, and that was, like, absolutely amazing. Um, so... Yeah, coming down off that high, but that's kind of where my life's at. How about you, Jake? I know you're not taking classes this summer, lucky. Um, No, I'm not taking classes this summer. I don't have to. I don't have anything in my degree that calls for it. Yay. Um, I've just been working, you know, working, getting that coin for fall because, you know, fall's going to be here, like, sooner than we know, and it's going to be like, hey, tuition. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's just that's me, you know, working, birthday coming up this weekend. Ooh. <laughs> 23. By the time this this is out, you guys, Jake will be, I'm sorry, that is a spam text. Um, Jake will be 23. Yeah, and then you and me are going to be the same age till October. Yep. In which I get even older and, like, make it stop, please. Listen, Kate. I I I feel like when you turn 25 next year, you're gonna be like you're gonna be like, what's happening? I literally, my boyfriend turns 25. So he, he we're a year and six days apart, so he turns 25 six days before I turn 24. So I have like a six day period of like, ooh, he's so much older than me, and then days later we're just a year apart again. Um, but like that blows my mind. I'm like, how am I gonna be dating a 25 year old? I feel like a child, Jake. Like, I was literally, okay, so did you know, fun fact, um, five years ago today, Jake and I graduated high school. Oh my Um, god, we did? Yeah, it was five years ago today, which was longer than we were in high school, mind Oh my god. We were only in high school for four years, and since been five years since we graduated, and I cannot fathom that. I can't either. But also, like, dang, so much has happened in those five years. I completely changed my whole course of what I wanted to do post-high school. Dude, mine changed a little bit, too. It was just, it's all been a, it has been a journey of five years. Like, let me tell you. Um, I know that you originally planned on uh, pursuing music, right? Music education, I think. Yeah. And then... Things didn't pan out. I was also, like, had no money to go to the college I got into. So I ended up taking a year off, and then I decided to go to community college. I did that for two years, got my associates, and at community college is where I learned about the art school I'm currently attending, and that's where I decided to go after. And now here I am, completed my first year there, and then come this fall, I'll be a junior because I transferred. Woo! So exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just wild to think how, like, things have changed since end of high school to where we are now. It's also just weird to think now that we have officially been out of high school longer than we've been in high school. Because that's yeah. where we met. So it's like, dang, we've known each other for so long now. It's it's literally been, like, I think nine years this fall. It will have been nine years since we met. Like, almost yeah. a decade, Jake. One One year shy of a decade. Well, see, I want to say, like, nine years since we met, but, like, maybe really only eight since we became friends because we didn't really interact much freshman year. Yeah, we really did. I feel like we kind of started to become friends at the very end of freshman year, and then we, like, actually became, like, actual friends sophomore year. 
But yeah. we met, I know we met, though, in the fall because we were both in Hello, Dolly. <laughs> Good times. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, hello, Dolly. Yes. Wait till the people learn about our the the shows we did in high school for theater. As soon as we get to the first the uh, like theater based decom, there are going to be rants, rants for days. Yes. But so, today we're uh, right. Yeah. So here we are, five years out of high school. I can't believe it. Yeah, watching decoms. It's all good. It's great. All right, so now that we've caught up, before we get into our official movie, Kate, there was some decom news while we were away. Ooh, I heard it has to do with Zombies 3, but I don't know much beyond that, so fill me in, Jake. All right, so we've officially gotten some new cast Zombies 3. Um, I remember I told you the plot this time is there's going to be aliens in this one. So we have three new casting announcements, and they, these are our three main aliens. So... First up, we have a Mr. Matt Cornette, which, Kate, are you watching High School Musical, the musical series? I am. Okay, does that name sound familiar, then? It does. I don't know which one he is, though. He's EJ. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. We like EJ. Yeah. Oh, we got we to gotta do an episode. We've got to do a bonus episode about the show, just because that's the whole experience, you know? Yes, we really should. I haven't watched any of season two yet. I need to do that at some point, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, season one was really good. Um, actually, I was kind of surprised I liked High School Musical, the musical, the series, because I thought it would be not great. Um, but it's actually really good. So yeah, yeah, I. I was surprised I liked it a lot, too. Um, I I have started season two. You know, there's two episodes out right now because they're releasing weekly, mm-hmm. like all the Disney Plus shows are. So I've been keeping up. It's really good. But, yeah, so um, Matt Cornette is playing the alien Alan because it's spelled A apostrophe L-A-N. Okay. And then we have Kira Tonto who is playing alien Ali, spelled A-apostrophe-L-I. Okay. And now this is pretty big news. We have Terry Hugh, who will be playing Aspen, A-apostrophe-S-P-N. And what's really cool is that Terry Hugh is actually a non-binary actor. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, and in the report it says that her, her, sorry, I am misgendering them. I am so sorry. But that says her character will also be non-binary. That's so awesome. So they're the first official non-binary actor to be in a DCOM and the first official actor to play a non-binary character in a Disney Channel original movie. So, you know, that's amazing for representation, you know. You know, back in when we were growing up with DCOM, I don't think it's ever been a thing. But also because I think when we were growing up, non-binary wasn't a very known thing. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. It just wasn't. It obviously existed, but it just wasn't, like, there was no education on it. Like, if you said someone was non-binary, people didn't understand what you were talking about, generally. Um, And I feel like we've come, there's so much left to do um, as far as representation in films and literature and media in general. But I think that we've made some really great strides. I know it's still weird for, like, or my parents... My parents struggle with like they them pronouns, but I think that it's even they are slowly like catching on and it makes me proud of them. I'm like, yes, mom and dad, like we need to respect people's pronouns. Um, So I'm really happy about that. That's amazing news. Yeah. So there are three newest cast members to join for the third movie. Um, I know filming is currently going on in Canada because, you know, everything films in Canada now. Of course. So, yeah, I'll be very excited to see their characters. I'm very excited to see how they will look. Because if you've just looked up the zombies cast, the characters, there's very specific looks for each of them. Like the humans, the zombies, and the werewolves all have their own distinct style. So I'll be very interested to see what the alien style are. Yeah, that's exciting. I don't, I have no idea what it'll be. But I also haven't seen the zombies movies yet. So I'm like not sure what to base it off of. But. I, I have a feeling it'll be interesting. I might watch them, though, before the premiere of this film, just so I can, like, watch the premiere of this film. 
No, that's fine, because it's going to take a while for us to get to them for this podcast anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But no, but yeah, that's really cool. The first uh, non-binary actor in, I think, any Disney thing, really, and then and, and then the first non-binary decom character. So that'll be really cool to see how they handle that. That's actually super exciting news. So I'm I'm pumped about that. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Now that decom news is out of the way, Kate, are you ready to talk about our movie for this episode? It should have been Horse Sense. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. But yes, yeah, so let's get into our movie. So start with some background. So Ready to Run is a 2000 Disney Channel original movie. It was directed by uh, Mr. Dwayne Dunham, who Kate... Um, let me just tell you, let me just remind you some of the movies we've already seen from this man. Um, he directed both Halloween Town and 13th Year. Really? Yeah, I liked mm-hmm. this movie. I thought it was decent, um, but I don't think it was as good as either of those movies. Yeah, so Halloween Town was his first um, decom. Then he did 13th Year. Then he did this, and then we actually have um, four more decoms of his to look at. So looking ahead, we still have Double Teamed, Right on Track, Tiger Cruise, and Now You See It. So we're going to see him four more times on this journey. But yeah, so far he's uh, doing pretty good when it comes to directing decomps. Yeah, I haven't, out of the three we've watched it, there hasn't been one that I've like disliked. So yeah, he's he's good. He's good in my book. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, so now as far as our cast goes... Um, we have Chrissy Perez as Corey Ortiz, our main character. We have Jason Doring as B. Moody, who I feel like we both have thoughts on Moody. Yeah, he's interesting. Yeah, we'll get to it. We got um, Lillian Hurst as Lourdes, Lourdes Ortiz. I believe she is the grandmother in this movie. We have John Brazier as Max Garris. He's our very obvious villain in this movie. Yes. Like they make it so obvious that he's the villain. We have Nestor Serrano as Hector Machado. We have Teresa Saldana as Sonia Ortiz, who is the mom. And then now, um, Kate, we have some uh, voice actors in this movie. Really? Much to our surprise. Yeah, much of a surprise. We have voice actors. We have Paul Rodriguez, the voice of TJ, the main horse in this movie, because, the ladies and gentlemen, the horses talk in this movie. It was a little weird at first. It got better, but, like, when they first, when uh, TJ first started talking, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, we have the one and only Sinbad, um, who's the voice of Hollywood. He was one of those other horses that we got to hear talk. And then Rick... Uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that name. And that's the voice of Cyclone, who is, I guess, the quote-unquote evil horse. Because there's an evil horse, too. Of course there is. So that's our cast. And then this movie was released on July 14, 2000. Okay, I think we're going to have similar answers to this, but what's your history with Ready to Run? I have no history with Ready to Run. When I first heard the title, I honestly was thinking of the One Direction song, because I was that kid in high school. Um, Although I agree with you, and full credit to you for coming up with it, but I do think that it would have been better entitled Horse Sense, except they already used that uh, title. Um, Yeah, I have no history with it whatsoever. How about you, Jake? Yeah, I also have no history with Ready to Run. I've, I've never heard of it, actually. Because some of the other older ones I've at least heard of, I'm like, wait, what? Because I, yeah. I guess the Disney Channel just didn't air this one a lot. I'm not quite sure why, they just didn't. Um, also, I'm going to say right now, I was this was not my original idea of that this should have been Horse Sense. Um, I listened to a couple other DCOM podcasts discussing this movie, and they also said, why wasn't this one Horse Sense? It makes more sense. Well, whoever came like, up with it, it's so true. Like, we're all in agreement. Like, why wasn't this one horse sense? They could have renamed the other horse sense something else that made more sense because horses, like, they played a part in that movie, but they weren't, like, a, the major storyline as opposed to this movie. Yeah. This movie would have been way more, made way more sense entitled Horse Sense, but whatever. Well, Disney didn't think ahead. Oh, well. 
Um, so yeah, that's our history with, well, should I say lack of history? Cause we didn't know yeah. this movie existed. Yep. <laughs> All right. So then I guess let's get into this movie's plot proper. Alrighty. The movie opens, and I wrote, my first note says, The Horse Tunnel, because it opens with the opening credits, and we see all those uh, jockeys riding on horses through that tunnel. Yep. I'm like, well, The Horse Tunnel, okay. So we basically, we we are shown that this movie is about horse racing, which, Kate, I gotta ask you right up front, what is your thoughts on horse racing? I don't, I'm not very educated on the subject in general, but I was thinking about how it has become pretty controversial um and that like some people definitely think it's animal abuse um and I can definitely see that I'm just not very educated on the subject to like really have a have a good opinion on it um but yeah I could definitely I definitely don't think they would make a movie about it now um how about you Jake yeah, I know. Horse racing is another, is just like a very controversial thing, you know, because like you said, some people view it as animal abuse. I guess I could see why, especially because considering some of the things like Garris does in this movie, it's like, man, these horses may not be being treated the best they should be. And, you know, we're all about animal rights on this podcast. We discussed in the My Birthday Bonus episode, you know, we are very much against like animal testing and all that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um yeah, so it's just, yeah, I again, I don't know enough about it, but I definitely can see why people consider it animal abuse. Um, so, yeah, that's that's um, interesting, because, again, I don't think they'd make a kid's movie like that about horse racing now. But this was 21 years ago. This film came out probably filmed 22 years ago. So it was it's been it's been a second. Um so I'm still I'm still glad that they include it on Disney Plus. Um, I think that it could. I mean I don't know. I've always thought like I that you shouldn't like my personal opinions on older films in general. And this isn't that old, but same kind of thing applies. That like my personal opinion is instead of like getting rid of the films, is like putting a like disclaimer on them about how they're a product of their time. And I think that even something only 20 years old like this could have possibly used that um but yeah it is it is definitely a subject that again is is very controversial possibly abusive and not something that would be covered today yeah i'm almost thinking maybe that's the reason they just stopped playing it it's just you know they got complaints from people saying like you're basically showing a film promoting animal abuse and i also agree on your whole stance on like older things like, I don't think we should just fully bury them and pretend they never existed because then we don't learn from them. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I think, too. Um, 100%. Yeah. You, you're, if you get rid of something completely and everyone's entitled to their own opinions, like 100%, and I definitely respect that. But, um, you know, I think it's just good to acknowledge, like, where we went wrong in history, but, like, that we did go wrong in history, you know, and how we can try to I don't want I want to say amend that that's that's poor wording but like be better going forward I guess yeah it is interesting that this one's just on Disney plus as is no like something at the beginning because I think there are a few things on Disney plus where they have that little disclaimer at the beginning saying this is from a different time when people thought differently this is not how we should think now but we are going to present this to you so that you can learn from the past instead of just throwing it away and pretending it never existed right i definitely do i i wonder though if like the people at disney plus pretty much didn't know this film existed because <laughs> it's just kind of i mean the, it was clearly uploaded onto disney plus but i'm like did they even like, i mean who even reviewed this film they were probably like and eh, whatever it's an old disney channel film you know no one it's not like it's a film people really know about Right. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, do they just throw on the throw the movies on or what? I'm not sure. Anyway, you would think yeah. they'd have someone review them, but like, who knows? I have no idea. I don't know how Disney Plus works. I just I use it. <laughs> I just watch it. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we are introduced to the world of horse racing, and we meet our protagonist, uh, Corey. She really, really wants to be a 
Saki. She works as a exercise rider for Machado, but she really wants to be a jockey, but everyone tells her it's too dangerous. We can't let you be a, a jockey. It's not. Yeah. But she really wants to. And this is also where we meet good old Thunder Jam, a.k.a. DJ. He's our horse, our main horse for this movie. And we learn right away he's not very good because he gets put in a race and he doesn't even leave the starting gate. Yeah, he gets just freaked out by the other horses and freaked out by everything and just doesn't doesn't like racing. Kind of is at it, you know. Yeah, he's not he's not into it. He's not about that life, even though that is literally what he was bred to do. I guess that's another um, point to the people who think it's somewhat animal abusive. Just the fact that they these horses are legitimately bred just to do this one thing, really. Right. Poor horses. I love horses. All right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, TJ, he's not good. He doesn't lead the starting gate. Um, as this race is going on, though, we also meet uh, our our good old-fashioned Disney Channel original movie bad guy, uh, Mr. Garris. You, you can just tell right up front he's the bad guy. You know, he's got that look to him. He's got that, that aura of just, I'm not a good guy. Yep, pretty much. That's uh, the classic Disney Channel villain. Yeah, and he's apparently betted on a horse, a white horse. I don't know its name. I think I didn't write it down. Oh, well, we only see it at the beginning of this movie anyway. But during the race, the white horse gets injured and doesn't win, doesn't really anything. It just gets injured and hauled off to, you know, the vet. So then we head to the stables, and Mr. Machado and Corey are tending to their horses, and Morris talks to the vet, and the vet basically says the white horse probably isn't going to be able to race anymore. And more Morris just comes. Is it Morris? Or I'm getting it wrong. No, it's not Morris, is it? No, it's Garris. I completely because I was thinking Machado, and then I put his first his first initial on there. Garris. Yeah, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Mr. Garris basically. Mr. Garris basically shows that he is very much a villain because he's like, well, this horse can't race anymore. Kill it. Yep. Yep. And I have words about what happens. In just a second, but you can keep going for now. Yeah. So, yeah, Mr. Garris is just like, well, in that case, just kill the horse and I'll claim the insurance money on it, which I didn't know horses could have insurance. I'm, I, I learned something today. Right? Granted, I think I think my dad actually put, took out life insurance on Simba when we got him, so that's something. That's Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, apparently animals can have life insurance. I mean, obviously... Hopefully we'll never have to, you know, collect it with Simba, but, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah was just, I just remember that. It's like, wait, I think my dad actually took out life insurance on our dog. Wait. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't know how that works. Cause dogs, I don't know either. I mean, I hate to say it. It makes me upset to say it. But, like, dogs die within people's lifetimes. Like, pretty much always. Yeah. So, it, I don't. Staff talk. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess or, it's just if he, like, passes in not a natural way. Right. He gets in an accident or something. I don't know. Let's not think about that anymore. Let's talk about this movie. <laughs> right, right. Let's not think about the mortality of dogs. Anyway, let's talk about horses. So Corey basically hears that uh, Garris just wants to get off this horse, and she's like, he can't do that. And the child's like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. That's not our horse. And, she, and Corey's just like, I guess you're right. So Corey goes home. And we meet her family. She's got her grandma. She's got a little brother who, I want to point out, the little brother's name is Gabby. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's short for Gabriel. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I think it's um, kind of a, and I could be wrong, and I'm not trying to be, like, culturally insensitive. So, like, anyone on our podcast, feel free to correct me. But I think it's, like, um, a generally, like, kind of Hispanic thing. Um where it's kind of like a nickname, but don't quote me on that, just to my understanding. Yeah, that's another thing we need to talk about. Um, technically speaking, um, our protagonist is a person of color. Yes, which is great. Forgot yeah. to talk about that, but yes, thankfully. Yeah. yeah, Corey and her family are very much shown to be, you know, Hispanic, Latinos, something of that background ethnicity. Yeah. That's we- really cool. Yeah, exactly. We don't really know where in Latin America there that her fa- whether her family is like 
Hispanic or like comes from what region they come from, but like they are definitely um, of like Not Latin descent. Yes, which is awesome. Um, and I loved like hearing little bits of Spanish in this movie because I was like, yes, immerse me because I'm trying to learn this language. Yeah, because it's been a been a little bit of a hot second since we've had a person of color as our lead. Um, yes. It is interesting just seeing, because we were just talking about diversity when it comes to, like, uh, sexuality and gender. But now we're talking about diversity when it comes to, you know, race and stuff. And, like, obviously race is, like, the big thing people talk about when it comes to diversity. But I do did, like, mentioning during the news segment that there's also, you know, sexuality and gender diversity as well, too. So, you know, Disney's, you know, they're doing, they're doing them. They're doing them. They're getting that diversity. Which is great. Like... We, yes, just just yes. Right. But anyway, so we, we meet the family. We got grandma. We got little brother. We got mom. No dad, though. And we'll learn why very soon. Um, but basically, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Corey's basically still trying to convince her mom to let her be a jockey. Mom's all like, no, you're not. I'm not letting you do that. You are not allowed to be a jockey ever. And it's really interesting, though, because little brother and grandma are really into horse racing, too. Like, I think, doesn't grandma bet on them? Yeah, she just, like, I think she just, like, fake bets with, like, toothpicks because she doesn't want to actually bet money, but she, like, bets to herself. Pretty much. And Corey's just all upset because she's like, but I really want to be a jockey. And mom's just like, well, you can't. It's too dangerous. Because I think this is pretty much right now, right up front, this is where we learn the reason Dad's not around is because he was a jockey, and he being a jockey, he died in a horse race incident. Which is sad, but also I felt like you know very good plot point. Yeah, and also, Kate, I don't know if you know this, but horses they really they are can be dangerous. They can kill you. Yeah, they definitely can kill you. Um, okay, I, I think. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was going to say, I think horses kill more people than, like, sharks and bears do. I would not, um, I would not be surprised. I once, um, was doing, like, a helmet dive where you put, like, a helmet on your head with a, uh, hose going up to the surface underwater. You look like an astronaut, kind of, um, with sharks, um, in a big tank. And there was, like, a scuba diver down there with us, kind of giving us, like, a tour. And they told us, well, they wrote on a little whiteboard thing, because, like, we were underwater. But they told us that, like, sharks or cows kill more people every year than sharks, which is really interesting. Um, But, yes, horses can definitely be dangerous. You definitely have to respect them. Um, I've been, I don't, I won't, don't consider myself, like, a a huge like horseback rider or anything, but I've been riding probably an average of a couple or a few times a year or something like that since I've for like the past decade. So I can ride basic Western style pretty like not horribly. Um, but yeah, you definitely have to respect them. Like they're, yeah, they're definitely, I just went horseback riding actually about a week ago and my horse he did not, it was just a trail ride because I was being a tourist and he did not want to stand still. He like, I, I would pull back on the reins and he would just like want to keep going. And I'm like, or actually I think it was a she, but I was like, girl, you gotta like, you gotta stop. So I, I just ended up like, because I can like ride somewhat okay. I would just ride her in circles while everybody else was like standing still because mm-hmm. she would just not stop. Um, But yeah, you definitely have to respect them. They're I mean, you should respect all animals, clearly, but they are huge creatures with, like, immense power. Yeah, I um, I just Googled it. Apparently, over 100 deaths per year are estimated to result from equestrian-related activities. Interesting. So, yeah. Over 100 people die per horse, apparently, per year. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. That's actually anyway. pretty Yeah, it's crazy. Horses are scary. <laughs> I love horses, but yes, they are not, um, they're definitely not to be taken lightly. Have you ever ridden, Jake? Um, I've done a few times when I was younger. I haven't done recently. I feel like every time I have, I just felt like I was up way higher than I thought I was going to be on a horse. I was just like, oh my God, what? 
So it's because I was little and like younger, so I was like, oh, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, they're so they're so big, but we should we could go to like Rainbow Ranch or something sometime, and it's not called yeah. that anymore, whatever it's called, and do a little a little trail riding sesh, so we can be like the horse girls in the horse movies. Okay. Yes, I um actually have a note here that says, man, uh, horse girls really are their own breed of human, huh? They really, really are, but we love them. Yeah, the reason like horse. Almost like a term people use. Yeah. There's a reason. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so the, the, uh, Corey goes to her room after kind of fighting with her mom again about not being able to be a jockey. And we see that Corey has a little box that she's saving up money in because apparently she wants to buy her family a new house. Just a whole new house. Yep. Which, yeah, Okay. <laughs> Then that night, we cut back to the stables, and that white horse is there, the white horse that's apparently scheduled to be just taken away tomorrow, and we see Corey apparently came all the way to the stables in the middle of the night, and what does she do? She just releases that horse. Yeah, which, okay, I, it's, yes, it's, like, admirable of her, but, like, also, is that what you really want to be teaching kids, that they can just, like... I hate to say it and I hate to phrase it like this because I feel like I hate to equate animals to property because that just feels so icky and disgusting. But also, like, I don't know if, like, because if she would have been caught, that's, like, super illegal. And she could have been, like, I don't know how that would have worked with her being, like, sued or, like, going to jail or whatever as a minor, but she could have been in some deep trouble. So I was like, okay, Disney Channel, like, I don't know if I, because if you take it lightly, like, yes, she was kind of doing the right thing, but also, again, she could have gotten in some mad trouble for that. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know, horse girls, you know? (laughs) But then TJ talks, so it distracts us anyway. Yeah, for a second, I almost thought, was releasing the horse what gave her her, her powers? Because <laughs> this is technically, like, a superpower. True, maybe. Maybe she was, like, that was the what made her, like, genuine and pure, or whatever her grandma said. They needed to have the gift. Yeah, the gift, which they call the confidence of the horses, which I'm like, yeah, Disney's really kicking themselves for not being able to call it the horse sense, aren't they? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, so we hear TJ talk for the first time, and Corey's like, uh, someone there? And TJ's like, yeah, it's me, TJ, the horse. And Corey's like, all right, um, I'm going home. This is insane. Bye. She goes home. Now she just has the, the power to talk to any horse, apparently. At least I assume it's any horse, or is it just TJ? I don't think it's just TJ. No, I think she can talk to any horse. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like the really, really most niche specific Avenger. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. She goes home. Then we go back to the next day. Hold on. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, did I completely uh pass over the part where she actually got TJ? Like she officially got him as her horse. No, no, that comes after. I think. I think. Oh, that is, that does come after. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Good. Because I'm like, is that TJ hers already? No. Anyway, so the next day, she's at her job. She's washing horses. And this guy, who I guess is, like, is he the, like, investor of, like, this stable or something? I don't know. This guy shows up. And he basically tells Mr. Machado, okay, listen. No one wants to be your jockey with your horses because your horses don't win. But I found someone for you. That's who we're introduced to uh, a movie. And we basically, and we learn Moody isn't he like a isn't he like a rodeo clown or something? Yeah, he was like a circus clown, like a circus rider. I mean, he's like. like he, no, go on. I was just gonna say he's a great rider, but like just not jockey style. Oh, I see this man. His outfits, this all his outfits. This whole movie is like these are choices. He's got like bright colors. He's got like the the fringe coming off of his sleeves and everything. Doesn't he's doing lasso tricks and Corey's just like, are we seriously gonna have this guy be our jockey? And Mr. Machado's like, look, there's no one else wants to do it, so I guess we're taking Moody. 
So Moody is the official jockey for the Machado stables now. Yep. So. I also wrote in my notes, um, is this our heterosexual love interest? They didn't actually do that this time. Yeah, it felt like they would at points, but they didn't, thank goodness, which made me very happy because it would have been really awkward. Um, so, like, bonus points for that. So, right before Moody gets officially hired, um, Thunder Jam becomes Corey's horse because, is it Garrus? Is his yeah. Name? Is like... I want to get rid of this horse. I would trade him for a bag of peanuts. And she's eating a bag of peanuts. And she's like, here. And so that's how she acquires TJ. And so her and TJ and Moody. Um, oh, and who owns the stable? I can't even remember. But Machado. Machado. Yeah, they become like a team kind of. But they don't know TJ can run at first. So... Corey just takes him out for, like, an exercise run. And then Machado is just standing there, and he's like... And when TJ gets spooked by a dog, he just starts running. And he's like... He starts timing it, and he's like, oh my goodness. This this horse can run. And so that's how they actually start training TJ as a racehorse. Yeah, and training at first, isn't going great, because despite the fact learning that TJ can run when he wants to, um, he's still afraid of the starting gate. He still refuses to move from the starting gate. Yeah, which... And, it, oh, go on. I was say, yeah, which, um, obviously, because, um, Cor- Corey, yeah, has the, uh, ho- ho- the confidence of the horses she can hear the fact that tj is just he's afraid of the the starting gates he does not like them he will not move he will stay in place and this just results in you know him and moody just staying right there whenever they uh, have the foe start to erase and this just causes Corey to get real frustrated with him because it's like we know you can run we know you have it in you but you need to like she basically tells him you need to believe in yourself and it's also just really funny because Corey. She, like, tries to hide the fact she can talk directly to TJ, but she also doesn't, because she just does it so many times in the open. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah. I, uh, I I had a comment, and I lost it. Sorry, keep talking. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we come back to you, chime in. But, yeah, so, basically, Machado decides to take a break from trying to get TJ to run, so he goes to a little lo- local diner, that apparently Corey's mom works at. And this is where we get our first inclination that our real love story in this movie is going to be between Corey's mom and Mr. Machado. Yeah. Which, it never fully develops, but it's definitely there. Which is like, yeah, I can get behind this, you know, let's not have the kids a love story for once, let's give it to the adults. Because, you know, it's really nice just seeing, you know, two full-grown adults just kind of have a little bit of a love romance story in a decom instead of, like, two 13-year-olds. Right, right. And he's all like, "Oh, you know, there's this, be- there's this beautiful woman. I like really like her." And it's very clear that she knows it's, he's talking about her. And it seems like she does like him back, but you know, she's also just like, I don't know, she's just not ready to move on from her dead husband yet, or what. But still, it's like he, there's something between them. Right. Yeah. So meanwhile, back at the stable, um, Corey's basically just like TJ. We know you can do this. You just have to try. You have to believe in yourself. He's like, no, I'm done. I'm through. I can't do a race. I can't cross a finish line anymore. And Corey's just like, well, you've never crossed a finish line to begin with. She's like, you have what it takes to race up here. And I think she says in his, in she points to like his brain or something. But you need to believe you have it in here. And then points to like his heart. And he's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not good. I'm not doing it. And then. So what Corey does is she goes, well, all right, if you're not going to be the racehorse, then this is what you're going to be. And she takes him to, like, a little kitty area of the ranch, I guess, and makes him be a pony ride pony horse. And he's like, well, I don't like this. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, uh, okay, okay. I'll try to run out the gate then. Yes. I basically wrote, she did a little light threatening, but, you know, oh, it's fine. Like, if you're not going to be a racehorse, you're going to just take kids on rides in a circle your rest of your life do you want that and he's like no it's like great so anyway he um 
yeah, he ends up running out of the gate and doing fine in training, but he gets really, um, or well, then during training, um, oh, Corey's talking to like Moody and he, she's like, he's always wearing these like headphones and he's, she's like, why do you have to wear these, those stupid headphones and listen to music? And, um, and Moody's like, it lets me like feel the horses or something like that. She's like, okay, but then she tries it and she loves riding with music as it turns out. Um, but then that becomes a plot point because they're training TJ and he does really well in practice, but they get to his first race and the horse is freaked out. So what do they decide to do? They decide to put headphones on him, which don't even go over the horse's ears because they stick up, but, like, it works, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they discover the key to getting TJ's, I guess, abilities to come out is to just put Moody's headphones on him and have him listen to music while he races, which I know, I'm sure there's studies done about how music can affect animals. I know music can affect people, obviously. You know, music's just a thing that everyone knows. So they discover that in order for TJ to basically do good in his races, he needs to be he needs to listen to music, which, like you said, which is funny because the headphones don't cover his ears at all. They're like way back here because his ears are like boop. But you know, yeah. whatever it works, he wins his race. I think yeah, he wins his first race, and this well, is the start his, of like his first race. He gets a little bit injured because a horse like comes out of nowhere, the mean horse, and like oh hit- yeah, cyclone. But then after that, he starts to like win races. So yeah, his first race is when he fight, fights. <laughs> he doesn't fight. He races against Cyclone, who is one of um, Garrus's horses. And Garrus, we also learn that Garrus and Machado have like a real big rivalry. But yeah, so he gets a little spooked by Cyclone, and he has to he injures his leg a little bit, but he gets better. And like we get a fun little montage of them just winning races. TJ's getting you know fans. He's getting uh fame he's getting no noticed it's really great and then we're at the stable getting ready for another race the next day and when i tell you i said twist i i mean it because we learn the reason garris and machado have such a heated rivalry is because machado used to train horses for garris but he basically says garris had no um i guess sympathy for like the horses or the people riding them and we learned that one day one race um machado noticed the horse that was going to race wasn't feeling good or wasn't in good shape and garrison care so he said just send him out anyway and the we the jockey that rode that horse ended up dying and we learned that that jockey was Corey's dad so oh, garris indirectly killed Corey's dad yeah i guess in a way yeah so I'm like, it all comes together. Yep, it all, it does. But also, like, Corey doesn't really get, like, she's not as mad as she should be hearing this. She's just like, oh, oh. Because, <laughs> like, if yeah. I were her, I would be, like, furious at Garrus. I tr- honestly, I'd be like, can I sue him? But, yeah. But she's just kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. So, any who's. Any TJ keeps winning races. Like it's like the best season the stables have ever had because their horse is actually finally doing good and winning. And it's yep. like, yay! And then we have a little festival. Really, we have a little—I would call it a Mexican barbecue because it's like you know, barbecue. There's a mariachi band, and everyone's having fun, celebrating. And Machado even asks uh, Corey's mom to dance, and they dance together. So I guess that's a little confirmation that maybe she is. Finally going to reciprocate his feelings. So cute. So cute. Everyone's having a good time. The horses are in the stable, you know, they're resting up and all that. Which, um, yeah, I guess all the horses in that stable race, because we do see Hollywood in a race at some point. But I don't know. I guess it was weird. Like, we have all these other extra horses, but we only care about TJ, really. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's do that. You know, everyone's excited. Everyone's having a fun time. Moody and, uh, Corey are talking at first i thought this was going to be when they become a couple but they don't they don't they never become a couple they don't even like cheek kiss or anything yep yeah they which is good i was glad um but yeah it turns out that 
they, uh, um, like, I, I don't know if it was, like, the somebody, somebody, um, I, I can't remember who, but they entered TJ in a derby that was just, like, going to be the, in two days. Yeah, the Golden Rush Derby. Yes. Um, and so that comes as a big surprise to everybody, but they're like, let's go for it. Um, but then we have the bad guy. Um, oh God, what is his name? Starts with a G. Garrus. Garrus. I'm like losing my mind. Um, Garrus is like, ooh, I wonder what this horse's weakness is. I don't want him to do well. And sneaks into the barn and realizes that, um, the demeanor of TJ totally changes when he is listening to music versus when he's not is like interesting. And then he like some of his cigar. I don't think that part was purposeful, although I couldn't completely tell Um, like parts of from his cigar, like fall on some hay and the whole like barn kind of catches on fire, especially TJ's stall. But then with her horse sense, although they can't call it that, um, Uh, Corey is like something's wrong with TJ and then they are able to get TJ out um, and it seemed like the other horses too I'm not sure but it sounded like nobody got like real um, like killed or anything but Moody gets injured in the process yes so basically once Garris learns that um, Machado is totally down with entering TJ in the Gold Rush Derby, which is in Santa Clarita, which is in California. So this confirms that this movie takes place in California, which then makes sense yeah, for Corey and her family to be, you know, of Hispanic descent. I know there's a lot of people of that ethnicity who live in, like, California. Yeah, once Harris learns that, he's like, what? You're going to let TJ, of all horses, compete in this prestigious derby? And he's real upset. Because he knows, because he's going to have Cyclone enter it too. But yeah, he literally goes to the barn to try and figure out why TJ suddenly's real good. That's when he learns about the music. And I, yeah, I'm not sure if it's intentional or not, though I wouldn't put it past him to commit arson. But yeah. yeah, he just lights that barn on fire. And it's like, oh my God. And yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, Corey's horse sense, or the confidence of the horses, as they call them in this movie. Just lets her know that TJ is in trouble. So her and Moody run off. Oh, also, quick note, she tells Moody she can talk to horses, but he's just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I talk to my hamster sometimes. And she's like, no, they talk back. And he's just like, um, okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So they run to the barn, and yeah, it's on fire. They got to get these horses out. And um, TJ was wearing a blanket, you know, a horse blanket. Why not? And it got caught on fire. So they're trying to get it off of him. So Moody basically just puts his hands directly on the flames to just rip it right off of TJ, which results in his hands getting real badly burned, which, yeah, you literally touched open flame, dude. Yeah, pretty much. So he can't ride now because, you know, his hands are just... Which, have you ever burnt your hand? Like, that stuff yeah. hurts. It hurts so bad. Yeah, remember one time... This little quick little story of when I used to work at Starbucks, because, you know, I used to work at Starbucks. Um, one time we were closing for the night and I had to fill the uh, little coffee carafe that we just put the regular coffee in yeah. with um, um, hot water, because that's what we did at night to help, you know, like rinse them out. And I accidentally let the hot water thing go twice. So it was starting to overflow. So I turned it off and I'm like, all right, now I got to. Per- carefully move this carafe over to the sink to dump out some of the extra hot water. And when I moved it immediately, some of it just went right onto my hand. Ugh. That's and I was just like, and I just look at my hand and it's just, you see red. It's like, oh, that's not good. Oh. <laughs> I'm honest. Like, I'm honestly shocked I didn't burn myself more when I worked at Starbucks, like TBH. Yeah, sounds painful. Starbucks, honestly. Being a barista sounds, like, di- really difficult, honestly. I don't know if I could do it. Listen, I did it for many years, you know. Um, I know, because, like, at first, when I first started for my first time, because remember, I worked there twice. Yeah. My first time, it took me forever to understand how to do things. I'm like, like, the espresso machine itself was like, what is this? But, um, yeah, no, it took me a while. And then eventually I got real good at it. Then I left and I came back and like it literally all came back. Like, you know how they say you never forget how to ride a bike. It was that. It's like, oh, 
I just remember everything now. See, that, that at least it was easy the second time around. Yeah, it was really easy. But also, by the time I was getting ready to leave for the second time, uh, it's when TikTok became a thing. And, you know, apparently on TikTok, uh, Starbucks baristas post, like, videos of them making insane, like, drink combinations. So I'd have, like, at the end of my second time working there, I'd have, like, teenage girls come in and be like, can you make this with this and this and this? And it's like, did you see that on TikTok? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, ugh. Oh, God, that sounds so hard. Oh, it's the worst because it's like they're basically like these baristas are just posting videos of like what they make themselves for their free drink because, you know, we get free drinks. So mm. we make so we get to be a little more creative with what we make. It's like it's free. I'm going to do what I want. Right. But now they're basically just posting that to like social media. So now anyone can see it and ask for it. And it's just like, can you just get something normal, please? Right. So something that takes like five, seven steps and it's like there's people behind you who just want regular coffee. I know. I know. I'm kind of that person, though, because my Starbucks order is a um, double chocolate chip cream frappuccino with no whip and skim milk. But I don't feel like that's that bad. No, that's not that bad. There's I feel like, like there's people that are worse, like by no, a lot. Yeah, there's people who are like something frappuccino but with like three add-ins um extra ice um whip and bo- whip at the bottom and top like it's well yeah and see my starbucks order is very normal i just go in and get like a chai <laughs> yes dude i got so into chai when i worked there it was like um i'm like this is stuff is delicious oh man yeah, yeah. that's changing about starbucks <laughs> Yeah, I have so many friends who have been baristas, and most of them have worked at Starbucks at one point or the other. But, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'm sure it's not going to be too hard to barista somewhere else, it's just, like, in the same sort of setup. Obviously, I've never baristaed anywhere except Starbucks, but yeah. So, yes, um, Garrus has burned down the barn because he doesn't want TJ participating in the Gold Rush Derby, which... Side, second side note, I'm shocked they didn't just straight up go for the uh, Kentucky Derby. Yeah, like what the like, heck? That's the most famous horse race. But whatever. That's like the only horse race I knew growing up. Also because Same. everyone wears the fancy hats to it. Yeah, no one knows any other horse races unless you're into horse racing. But whatever. So... Anyway, Moody can't ride, and so um, at this point, Corey is, like, begging to ride in place of Moody. And at first, her mom is still like, no, no, no. But then her mom had, like, one time, um, or her mom witnesses, right? Is this, like, her mom first, wait, her mom witnesses that she has, like, the gift? She kind of yeah. talks um, to TJ? Yeah, I think she actually notices it earlier on, but she kind of keeps it to herself. But then eventually, after just straight up telling, no, I don't care if you're the only option. You're not racing. I don't want you to die like your father did. And Corey's just like, so she just storms out. And this is when Grandma basically goes, you know, you can't control her forever. She has the gift. So Grandma basically reveals to Mom that she also knows that Corey has the gift. Yeah. Also, we didn't say this, but apparently her father had it, too. Yes. So I guess it's just once every generation someone gets the gift in this family. Hereditary or something. Hereditary superpower. Now, imagine being, like, now a new member like a new member of that family, and you don't really do much with horses, and just one day you're at, like, a stable or something, and you just hear a horse talking to you. You're like, what the heck? You're like, the, the deep secret of the family, you have the horse scent, uh, the confidence of the horses. Yeah, that would be so weird. Yeah. So, yeah, um, basically, Grandma just tells Mom, listen, you can't control her whole life, and she has the gift. She can understand TJ. So this is basically, I guess, what convinces Mom to be like, okay, fine, you can be the jockey. Because she gives her Corey, she gives Corey her dad's old, like, racing gear. And she's like, aw. She's like, I know you would make your father proud by doing this, so you can do it. Which was a pretty drastic shift, but, you know. Listen, sometimes sometimes you just need to have a talk with Grandma. Yeah, exactly. Corey needed to be ready to run by the end of the movie. So 
Yeah, I wrote that down. It's like, we got like 10 minutes left and we're just getting to the big game. This is like all sports decoms. Like, the big game does not happen until the last 10 minutes. Pretty much. So then they get there and... I mean, really... Oh, yeah, the, um, Mr. Garris complains that, like... TJ needs the music to run or whatever. But then TJ is like, I'm going to run anyway. Cause like we've come too far for this, which, um, Corey. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was going to say, yeah, no, um, they get the Santa Clarita to go on a little road trip, which we get a funny little, uh, moment where grandma's apparently bought so many groceries to bring with them. You know, they're only going for one night. And I feel like that's, like, all moms, though. Any road trip, they just pack so much, like, snacks and stuff. Honestly, honestly. My mom loves road trips, and she will buy me, like, a million things if I go on a road trip with her. But I don't like road trips, so I don't go very often. I I prefer flying, but, you yeah, know. Whenever we went on a road trip and I was a kid, my mom would always buy, like, so many snacks, and they'd put in a little bag and put in the back with me. <laughs> So every time someone wanted something, they'd be like, hey, Jake, can you hand me something? Can you hand me this? And I'm like, okay, here you go. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, yes, they are in Santa Clarita. They are here for the Gold Rush Derby. Uh, TJ has, you know, his fans are here, which let's talk about the fact that he has merch because there's that uh, little earmuffs with, like, horse ears on them, which I thought was really funny. And it's like, Disney, make those again. I'll buy it. Honestly, though, I know I noticed that, too. Like, forget Mickey ears. I want TJ ears. Honestly. Seriously. Um, but, yeah, they get there, and we learn that Garris has filed a, a formal complaint because apparently there's a rule in the rule book saying that electronics technically aren't allowed to make horses go faster, but I think it was supposed to be, like... And I think Machado even says that's only in, like, reference to, like, electrified whips or something, which I'm like, what are these horses been through? Right. Like, who, who's using an electrified whip? Yeah, really. Yeah, so the official, I guess, like the, uh, much like in Miracle Lane 2, the committee basically says, okay, well, if TJ's going to race, he can't have his headphones. And Corey straight up asks, are you okay with that? And TJ's like, yeah, we've come too far to give up. Let's do it. Also, another quick sign out I want to point out, apparently the jockeys have locker rooms. Yeah, which is interesting. Because we see the male one, there's so many guys in there, and then we cut to Corey and the girls one, and she's the only one there. Yep. Yeah. Didn't know that. The more you know. Yeah. Which I guess was another point in this movie, that, you know, she's a girl trying to make it in the world of horse racing, which is, a, I guess, predominantly male field, like, honestly, most fields are. Pretty much, yeah. Actually, fun little side note I learned in school this semester, took history of illustration, Apparently, at one point, illustration was actually a female-led field, but eventually got taken over into a male one because they wanted illustration to be seen as more masculine, which is, like, seriously. Yeah, like, why do we need to assign genders to everything? Anyway. I don't get it either, but anyway, yeah. So she's ready to run. TJ's doing it. And so they get to the starting gate. And, of course, Cyclone is there, you know, our evil horse we have to defeat. And the race begins. Um, also, everyone back in the hometown are watching it on TV at the the, the diner. Also, uh, Hollywood and two of the other horses are actually also watching the race at the stable. Because I guess they have this goat that, like, lets them out of their pen so they can go stand around the TV and watch TJ race, which is kind of funny. I know. I thought that was cute. And the goat, he's fun. Anyway, yeah, um, there everyone's watching, and the race begins, and oh no, TJ's not doing good again. Like, he believes in himself, but without his music, he's just not not doing well. He's way behind, and Garris is all like, yes, I'm going to win, <laughs> twirling his mustache, basically. But then, Moody gets an idea. He basically runs all the way up to the, like, announcer's booth and plugs his CD player in. So now um, his music is playing over the loudspeaker. And so TJ, you know, he's suddenly very much improves. He's running faster. He's catching up to all the horses. He's doing amazing. And I'm like, is this technically cheating? Right. But whatever. Whatever. We need our, we need the good guys to win because Pretty this much. is what gets... This is what gets... TJ the win. He he hears his music. He runs for it. He does it. He's 
won the Gold Rush Derby against Cyclone, and Garrus is all like, mm, and just like storms off angry, and that's the last time we ever see him. And everyone's celebrating. Machado, Corey, and Moody are like, we did it. And Tita's like, oh my god, I'm a winner. And they get the trophy. And I thought they were going to do the classic just Disney Channel or some movie Fade the Black ending there. No, we actually cut back to the ranch. We're back at the ranch post-Gold Rush Derby. Like, Corey's officially a jockey. You know, TJ is her horse. Um, Machado is, you know, actual, like, um, people want to work with him again now because he's got a winning horse. We also learned that uh, Corey has used the winnings to start building her family that house they wanted, which is right next to the stables now. Yep. And we also see that uh, Moody's just, like, playing music for all the horses in the stables. So we got TJ in Hollywood. So they're basically, I guess, all trying to get them to learn TJ's style of racing, which, I don't know, it's just a fun little note to end on. Because it's just like, yeah, woo, musical horses. Pretty much, yeah. And that's how our movie ends. So, what are your final thoughts on Ready to Run? I thought it was good. It wasn't my absolute favorite, but I thought that it was a good movie. Like, it was solidly done. Extra points for, like, not having, like, a teenage love story in there. Um, it was a lot less hokey than I thought it would be for, like, talking horses. So I'd probably rate it a solid 8. Yeah. Solid 8. How about you, Jake? Yeah. Um, the talking horses really threw me off. I was like, oh, they talk in this movie? Oh, weird. Yeah, it doesn't um, like it at first. But, like but it wasn't like the kind of talking animal they make the lips move with like CGI somehow. It was just like they're talking, but they're still just doing uh, normal horse things, which actually that's a, that's a staple with Dwayne Dunham because remember he also directed Homeward Bound. Yeah, true. Which is another movie where animals talk, but their mouths don't move. They just, you know, they're basically just saying their thoughts out loud, I guess. Somehow. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the talking horses threw me off. I wasn't, like, prepared for that. But other than that, it was just a nice movie of a girl who wants to, you know, succeed in this primarily male-dominated field. And she gets to do it. You know, she wins the big race. She brings this horse back from the, like, the slumps, basically. You know, she does it. And it was really good. So, honestly, I, don't, I honestly would give this an 8, too. It was a pretty good, solid movie. And also, you know, bonus points for Corey and Moody not becoming a couple. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. Moody's just, like, it's her friend, her quirky friend. Yes, yes. They're just, like, friends, which is great. Friends and co-workers. I wonder if, like, he's going to get to ride a different horse now once his hands heal. Yeah. But... It's, it's worth wondering, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, all right, then. This brings us to the end of the podcast. So, Kate, where can our listeners find you on social media? You can find me at Kate V. Random on Twitter or at KVRandom on Instagram. Jake, how about you? Yes, listeners, you can find me on Twitter at JakeBlue98. And you can find me on Instagram at JakeBlueArt. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at T-S-O-S-N Podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at Something New Pod. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you can go ahead and leave us a rating and review. Also, this podcast is supported on Anchor, which is a podcasting app that lets you record and post podcasts when you're listening to. And if you're on Anchor, you can leave us a voice message. So now, Kate, now that we're done with Ready to Run, are you ready to learn what we're going to be watching next time? I am. All right, Kate. So I think this is considered another DCOM classic. All right. Because next episode, all still from the year 2000, we're, we're almost done with 2000, though. We're getting there. Ooh. But from the year 2000, we will be watching the Disney Channel original movie, Quince. Quince. Oh, yes, yes, I have heard of it. I don't know if I've ever watched it, though. I know, I've seen the commercial for it a lot, but I've never watched it either. I think that also has Kimberly J. Brown in it, too, um, Marnie from Halloween Town. Yeah, cool. so we'll be watching Quince next episode. That would be really exciting. Well, all right, everyone, this brings us to the end of the episode, and we will see you guys next time for Kimberly J. Brown's one non-Halloween Town decom. Bye. Bye.